0: Good morning everyone. Welcome to New Hope this morning. We are so happy that you're here. It is such a joy to get up every Sunday and come and just to see each one of y'all and catch up. It was really great having church last week at the farm so if you were able to come it was wonderful and I have spent all week hearing people talk about how great it was and a few people have asked when we can do it again so I'm just really thankful that we got to do that thanks to the Simpsons and this church and Pastor Russ and just being awesome and having church somewhere else, I think I was thinking about all the churches I've been to, which is so many in my life, and I've never been to a Sunday morning service outside of a place of worship. So that was really great to remind ourselves that worship is everywhere, not just in a building. Um... We're about to have our back-to-school bash on the 13th, so if you have money to donate for those supplies, that is so welcomed, and thank. we're very thankful for that. Or if you have school supplies, you can drop them off anytime this week at the office, um, because that would be next Sunday. So anything you have to give, if you could do that this week, that would be so wonderful. We already have a lot of people calling in for that, so it's going to be a great event. Um, and if you'll look ahead, um, on the 27th, there's another youth fundraiser luncheon spaghetti luncheon so put that on your calendar invite your friends and your neighbors and your family to come out for another lunch for to raise money the youth will be going on a retreat this fall Um, a guys and a girls retreat separate so they're looking forward to that now let's go to the lord in prayer this morning our heavenly father how great you are and great is not even close to good enough we praise your holy name this morning. We praise your sovereignty. We praise your miraculous loving grace. Your forgiveness. We could spend all day, Lord, just calling all of your names and describing how amazing you are to us, an undeserved people. We thank you for this time that we get to worship together openly and free, Lord, and and together with other believers and I pray that we don't use this time just to sit and fellowship only, Lord, but to to grow spiritually in a powerful way and, and do that in front of others. And I'm just reminded, Lord, of when my nephew spoke about working in Africa, Lord, and he said that when people gave their life to Jesus there, they didn't just sit in their seats or walk down quietly, but they They would come to the front and get on their hands and knees and lift their hands and worship you, Lord, and and give their life to you in such a powerful way. So, Lord, I just pray that we don't let where we live or the building we're in or who's around us hold us back today, Lord. Let our love be proclaimed to you in every way that you desire from us so that we can bring joy to you, Lord, our gracious Father. We love you and we give you this time. Let it be pleasing unto you and honorable to you, Lord. And it's in your holy, holy name that we pray, Jesus. Amen.
1: stranger
2: It seems like every Sunday, I get up here and say, Well, something's different. You know, we had Bible school, and then we had the, all this up here, and then last week we were out at the farm, out at the barn. And, you know, I say all the time, You got to be here to be blessed. And if you were here last week, uh, or, or not here, but over there, uh, having church, folks, we had a good time, didn't we? If you were there, you know what I meant, what I mean. And so we did have a great time, just a blessing. Uh, to be in God's creation and just to, to worship God in a different setting um, because it was indeed a good time. It was a great time of fellowship all afternoon and uh, just a blessing from the Lord. Last week, there was, uh, we had some storms blow through as well. and uh, we, we, we had just gotten packed up last Sunday afternoon and had just gotten here to church to, to start to unload. And man, it unloaded. <laughs> the rain dropped heavy. Uh, but, but we did uh, escape most of that. But throughout the week, there were several days that there were just some bad storms that came through, some really low-hanging, black, ominous-looking looking clouds It looked like there was going to be a tornado or really some very severe storms. Um, but I don't think we got what uh, all those black clouds held in, in, its, uh, in its arms. I remember telling Mo after that that looking at those clouds, I told her, "Said, man, there's going to be some beautiful rainbows out there tonight," and uh, you know, just from the, the the clouds and the the rain that was coming. And you know, normally people will post on Facebook their their pictures of rainbows, but that didn't happen. There were no rainbows that night. Instead, there were trees and. The grass and the fields, they were just as crisp looking as they could be. As the, the rain had, had glossed them over and put a, a nice little shine on them. And then there was this gorgeous deep orange sunset that, that softly coated the sky. It was beautiful. Have you ever noticed that, how the beauty of nature reveals itself after a storm blows through like that? That's often the case in life too. Life after a storm is often a very, a very sweet time. Maybe this morning you're going through one of those storms in your life. As I said in my prayer, God is walking with you through that. God is, has been there and He is there in the future. And He sees everything where we are right now. And so we can be reminded today that God, the God of the, the beginning and the end is the God of the present that walks with us. In Mark chapter 9, we see, if you want to go ahead and turn there, that's where we're going to be this morning, Mark chapter 9. We see in there that, uh, that, that Peter, James, and John encountered a, a different kind of cloud that day, a, a different kind of cloud that was blowing over Mount Hermon. And at this point in in the story of, that Mark is writing, we, we see that the disciples had, had been with Jesus for a while and they had gone through a lot with Jesus. They had seen a lot happen. And just up through chapter 8, we see in chapter 8 where Jesus had, had fed the 4,000. He had spoken profoundly um, about the false teachers and the, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. He had uh, healed the blind man at Bethsaida. Peter had, had also declared previously that, that Jesus was the Messiah. All of this is in chapter 8, and also in chapter 8, Jesus predicts his, his death, and then he goes on to tell us that, that we need to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Mark chapter 9 opens up. In verse 2, it says, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were alone, and there he was transfigured before them. Again, if you will, to turn with me to Mark chapter 9, verses 1 through 13, and we're going to read this story together. Mark chapter 9, verses 1, it says, And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some of you who are who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come in power. And after six days, Jesus stood. Uh, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with Him and led Him up the high mountain where they were alone. And there He was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone that they, what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. And they kept this matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked Him, Why did the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? And Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. There's a lot going on in this passage, isn't there? We find many symbolisms. We find, we find the, the revelation of truth. We find miracles and an oath of secrecy, an oath of silence. It's a passage where heaven meets earth on top of the mountain. In verse 1 and 2 again, it says And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some of you are standing here who will not taste death before they see it, for they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were alone. And there he was transfigured before them. The high mountain there was probably Mount Hermon. It stands at about 9,200 feet above sea level. You think about that, Boone is 3,000 feet above sea level. So it's it's way up in there. And, And so... You know very often when we ride up in the mountains and notice here it says that they met God on the mountain folks that's the best place to meet God amen, but it was nine thousand feet above sea level it was it was the highest point in the area it was there that that he was transfigured and that 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 word means to to change in form of who he was the way he was the way He was seen. And so Jesus actually was transformed into His divine glory. Wow! And Peter, James, and John were able to see that. His clothes became dazzling white, verse 3 says. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. Men, let me ask you this. Have you ever been asked to stop by Walmart and pick up some laundry detergent. Go down Walmart and go back to the back there and you, you go down to the laundry detergent and there's a whole aisle full of laundry detergent. And you're like, I just want one. What do I pick? And it's okay, I'll just go, I'll go home and, and, and order it online. So you go home and, and, and look on, on Walmart online and there's a thousand different kinds options to buy laundry detergent at Walmart online. I said, fine, let's go to Amazon. There are 4,000 options on Amazon of laundry detergent. I just wanted laundry detergent. But you see, all of that laundry detergent together, all the bleach, all the whitening agents and all that could not get the radiance and the spectacular brilliance of Jesus' clothes that day. It says it was brighter than anything we could we launder could the clothes with. It was, it was shining with exceedingly white, white color. It says that it was beyond the cleanliness of the world. You know, I got on a white shirt. You open up a white shirt, and man, it's just... And you, you hold a white shirt up to an old white shirt, and you can tell which one is the new white shirt. But here, the clothes of Jesus, the radiance of Jesus was so much beyond the, the whiteness and the brilliance of the earthly color that it was, there was a distinction made. We find this story also in, in Matthew chapter 17 and, and in Luke chapter 7. And in Matthew chapter 17 verse 2, the same passage or the same verse in, in, in Matthew It says, there He was transfigured before Him. His face shone like the sun. Interesting that Mark doesn't mention His face. He mentions His clothes. But here, Matthew says that His his face shone like the sun. And His clothes became white as the light. You look at the the story in in Luke chapter 7. And it says, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. The appearance of Jesus' face changed. That was the point of the transfiguration there. And his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. You see the the words that he's using here? As bright as the sun, as bright as a... Think about the flash of lightning in in the darkness of night and how it lights up the skies how you can see a number of yards beyond where you are just from the flash of the lightning but all that was a reflection of the of the pure and perfect character within Christ that's what was on display there it was the shikana glory of of the lord and it was god's presence and we find this Uh, the same description in Psalm chapter 104. In Daniel 9, Revelation 21, but in Psalm 104, verse 2, it says, The Lord wraps Himself in light as with a garment. Think about that. He wraps Himself with light like we would a garment. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, it says, And I looked, Thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was as white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and his wheels were all ablaze. Revelation 21-23 says the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. The new heaven is not going to need the, the moon or the sun to shine on it. For the glory of, Lord, of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. You see, the Shekinah glory of God is the, is the presence of or the, or the dwelling of God and it's offered, pictured as a, as a cloud or a, or, a, or a fire. In Exodus chapter 24, We see where where Moses went up on the mountain. Exodus 24, verse 15, it says, "When, When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it. Does that sound familiar? And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud, to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud and he went up the mountain. And he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. We see again in 1 Kings chapter 8, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 10 and 11. It says, When the priest withdrew from the holy place, the cloud Filled the temple of the Lord. The dwelling of the Lord filled the temple. It says, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. The glory of the Lord filled his temple. <clears throat> this was the, the literal and the physical manifestation of God dwelling among the, the, the Jewish nation prior to the coming of the Messiah. And that was how he, he made himself known. <clears throat> it says in, in verse 4, it says, and, and there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And so they were getting a glimpse into the conversation that was, that was taking place. But we ask the question, why, in, in all of this, why, is, why, why are Moshe and, Moshe, <laughs> Moses and Elijah, why are they mentioned here? Well, Elijah... He represented the prophets. Think about this. Jesus was the ultimate prophet who fulfilled all the prophecies. He is the very Word of God. You recall how Elijah died, how he was gone from this earth? God raised him up into the air, didn't He? And so He represents also those who will be taken up in the rapture. And so what about Moses? Moses represented the law. Well, Jesus said He came to fulfill the law. You remember how Moses died? God buried buried Moses on, on Mount Nebo. And so Moses represents all those who will be resurrected at the rapture. And so as they were seeing all of this taking place, as As Peter, James, and John were were seeing this, Elijah, Moses, and Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Leave it to Peter, though, right? You know, maybe the show should have been called Leave it to Peter instead of Leave it to Beaver, you know, because Peter was always stepping in it. He was always saying something that... You know, just wasn't right. He was always putting his foot in his mouth, wasn't he? He was always saying what other people would think him, but would just never say it. That was Peter. Could it be that Peter wanted to, to build a shrine for Jesus and Elijah and Moses? But regardless, remember, they are on the mountain. And so anything built with human hands and built with earthly material isn't suitable for the heavenly. Look what Peter is doing. He's also putting Jesus on the same level with Moses and Elijah. He says, let's let's build three shelters or tabernacles or shrines or memorials, whatever it is, one for you, one for Moses and Elijah. So he was grouping them all together. I mean, after all, they had just they had been transformed into the setting. And look what Mark does, and look what he says in verse 6. It says, he didn't know what to say. <laughs> Peter didn't know what to say. He was scared. I would be too, wouldn't you? It says, he, he was scared. He didn't know what to say. He was scared, so he just spouted something off. That was Peter, wasn't it? He spouted something else because he was, he was afraid and didn't know how to act, how to respond. But then the story gets, gets worse or, or gets better. or It just gets crazy at verse 7. Because then it says, then a cloud appeared and covered them. Well, They had gone up onto the mountain, okay? They, and again, they had seen this take place with Jesus. They had seen... Elijah and Moses so it was already crazy enough but then it goes one step further it says then the cloud appeared and covered them and a voice came from the cloud (laughs) now the clouds are talking this is my son whom I love listen to him or or rather a better translation would be keep on listening to him keep on obeying him Again, they were on top of the mountain, so it wasn't anything unusual for, the, for, for a mass of clouds to pass by. But this one, this one was different. This one covered them, and it said overshadowed them. And this cloud spoke to them. The voice of God thundered from within the cloud. And they were given divine instruction to listen to Jesus, to keep on listening to Him. They had been listening to Him throughout His ministry, but, but here they get confirmation Keep on listening to Him. And keep on obeying. Keep on doing what God calls you to do. What Jesus tells you to do. This is my Son whom I love. Listen to Him. Folks, they had heard this voice before. They had heard this thunder before. It was at Jesus' baptism. Remember when the dove descended upon Him and a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. All of this is going on. And just as quick as all of that happened, it says in verse 8: suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except for Jesus. They were all, uh, Moses and Elijah were gone. They, They disappeared just as quickly as they came. And there was Jesus. folks Moses and Elijah were no longer needed and are no longer needed Jesus fulfilled the law Jesus is the one that all the prophets had, had spoken of and, and so how much better is it to have Jesus than them how much better is it to have Jesus than men how much better is it to have God than man amen and that's who they were there. that's who they were with that's who they were they were ministering with that was this new person that they were following around, that they had pledged their, their allegiance to, was God. So now they began their making their way back down the mountain in verse, verse 9. Something else, another little strange twist there. It says, As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone. Don't tell anybody what you've seen. Until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. And they kept this matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. Okay, they, they had a picture, but they didn't have the whole picture. They still didn't comprehend the resurrection of Jesus. You see, we, we see several times in the gospel where, where Jesus tells people after he heals them or speaks to them or, or they see him for who he is, he tells them, Go and don't tell anybody. Go and don't tell them who I am. It's not time for me to be revealed yet. Go in, in your own way, but don't, don't tell. And this is another one of those cases. But here, they had seen, they had seen Jesus in a new light, in an eternal light. They had seen Jesus in a way that, that nobody else had ever seen before. And they were commanded to be silent for the rest of Jesus' life. Think about that for a minute. Can you imagine keeping that kind of secret? I know some folks can't even keep a secret or you know. <laughs> Can you imagine? Jesus says, don't tell anybody? until I have died and risen again. Not a slip of the tongue, not a, oh, let me tell you, oh, man, when, they, when we were on the mountain that day with Jesus, oh, I forgot I can't say anything. Can you imagine how hard that would have been to have experienced God Almighty in the presence of, To to stand in the presence of God and Jesus and and see Him transfigured and see the divine Son of God there and, and not be able to tell anybody? Don't say a word. Now let me make something clear that you know, you have probably experienced Christ in your life and and Christ has changed your life prayerfully, and, 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 and so when He says don't tell anybody, that doesn't apply to us, okay? Because it's amazing how we can be so quick to let a gossip go, but we hold our experience with Jesus to ourselves. They had experienced Almighty God. Have you experienced Him? Have you seen Him in a new light? Verse 11 says, And they ask Him, or, or think about this, as they're coming down, the, coming down the mountain, a better way of saying that is they kept on asking Him as they were coming down. Why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? <clears throat> If you recall, the Old Testament ends with Malachi prophesying about the coming of Elijah. And so they might have thought that this was the the fulfillment of that prophecy. And then Jesus in verse 12 said, To be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected. But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished. Just it was written about Him. Peter, James, and John, they had, they had declared Jesus as Lord, but they had now seen Jesus in a new light, in a heavenly light, in, in the glory of the Lord. In Second Peter chapter 1, as Peter is writing that book, he's, as he's writing, he's thinking back about this time with Jesus and, and, and James and John, and he recalls that story, or he, calls, he recalls that event. And he says in chapter 1, verse 16 through 18, he says, But we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses to His Majesty." We received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from him, the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And because of that firsthand knowledge and that firsthand. Experience for that life-changing experience of the of the kingdom in heaven. He goes on to write in in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, he says, But in in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, since we are looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth, he says, make every effort to be found spotless blameless and at peace with Him. Be who God created you to be in Him. Yes, they had seen the fulfillment of the Old Testament. They had confirmation of of Jesus' deity and the identity of who He was. And they will understand that His suffering and death was not in vain. And when we think about this passage, the, the big headline is, is how Jesus is transfigured. But well, we've got to step back and look at Peter, James, and John. Because of their testimony and the reality of their experience lets us know that God, that Jesus is God. That Jesus is divine. That Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. As I said earlier, whatever difficulties you're facing, whatever circumstances you find yourself in in this life, God is a sovereign God. God looks down upon you and He sees you. And He's, He's, you know, in the song we, we, we sang, even though we can't see You working, God, even though we can't feel You working, God, You are still working, amen? He is still working in our life and through our lives. Even though we can't see it, even though we don't know it, He's working in our life and around, and in the lives of those around us. Praise God. And because He is the Alpha and Omega, He is a God who will restore us in the end. Yes, this life is hard. Sin has brought a lot of stuff into this world that shouldn't be here. It causes difficulty for all of us. But God's Word promises that, that Jesus is a God who will restore us. He is a God who will reward those who are faithful to the end. Well, let me ask you this morning, are you being faithful Have you seen the light? Have you seen the light of Christ? Is that light, is the light of Christ shining in and through you? Has he made a difference in your life? The Lord Jesus Christ. He came to this earth and lived the perfect life for me and you and died on the cross and shed all of His blood for me and you so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could have that hope of a resurrected life like Moses there was resurrected for that moment in time, like we will be resurrected if we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Have you given your life to Christ? Are you living your life for Him? We're going to sing our hymn of invitation. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. So I just ask you, will you? Will you turn your eyes upon Jesus? Look full into His wonderful face. And when you do, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. His word shall not fail you, He promised. Believe Him with, and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, His perfect salvation to tell. His word will not fail you. Believe Him, and all will be well. Then go to a world that's dying, His perfect salvation to tell. Pray that you have or that you will see Jesus in a new light today. Let's pray. Almighty God, You are... God, just as we read that passage, Lord, all of the cleaning agents in this world cannot match the brilliance of Your glory. And God, no words that we can say can describe Your goodness, Your grace, and Your mercy, Your love, Your forgiveness, Your faithfulness. Father, today I pray that Lord, there are a lot of people here that have accepted You as their Lord and Savior. And God, I pray today that that they would just humbly come before you and, and cast their eyes upon you. Humbly surrendering themselves to your Lordship in their life. Or maybe today it's someone that doesn't know you that doesn't understand what this peace and forgiveness is that we're talking about. Today, Your Word says, is the day of their salvation. And so, Father, we pray that any who would come will come, seeking after You and Your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.